The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, everybody. It is officially the off season, and uh, that means for Will Brinson, he's taking off, Breach. It's me and you. He said he's doing, quote-unquote, stuff at school, which to me means he's on the back nine. He was at a p- place where he didn't have cell service, so he texted us and said he would be late. And in Devo's great wisdom, he said, we're just going to do it without Brinson. Uh, that's funny because I assumed that he just took his $80,000, flew to Bermuda, and was never going to talk to us again. Um, which still could happen because we haven't seen him all week. We don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, uh, we'll just wait this one out. Who knows? If you're watching on the old YouTube machine, you'll notice that Breach and I are matching. Uh, oh, my which God. Is embarrassing on any number of levels. Breach also shaved his head, so we have matching hairdo. So look for that, uh, youtube.com slash pick six. I this think is unbelievable is. that we're matching. So I logged in. I see Wilson, and I just put my hand on my head because – Wilson is literally the last guy I want to match. No, nothing, no insult to his fashion sense, but okay, it's an insult to his fashion sense. But CBS sent us some pullovers for the Super Bowl. <laughs> and apparently we got them on the same day because, uh, we just decided both were. I broke mine in yesterday. Oh, I can, I didn't get mine till literally right before the show. So they must like you better. Uh, all right. So you listen to the pick six podcast in the feed. We have the way too early power rankings. Uh, did D- Devo, those Prisco's power rankings? They are Tyler Sullivan's power rankings. Oh. Prisco just does end of the year power rankings. So we criticized him a little bit. Like, of course the Bucks are going to be number one at your end of year power rankings, but <laughs> Sully spun it forward and did the way too early 2021 because we know what happened in 2020. So he's looking ahead. Thank you. And, Tyler. and Wilson, no one can get a hold of Prisco during the off season. So let's not pretend he was going to take some time to put together a power rankings for next season. He's like, guys, I just finished my 2020 power ranking. I spent a lot of time with Pete last week. Uh, a great time. Great to be back around people and especially Pete. I sent him an email this week. Hey, Pete, would love to catch up with you on your power rankings. It's the only request I'm going to make of you all of February and probably for a long time. I get a one word response and oh. <laughs> uh, by the way, Breach, I don't know. Uh, actually, I do know. Uh, next week, I'm doing my end of year power, power rankings. The Bucks will still be first. And the week after that, you're doing yours. I think the Bucks will be first as well. So look forward to those. Uh, that's not really happening. That's a joke. So on this episode, Breach and I are going to talk about the offseason preview and uh, ways that we can think about getting Brinson fired since he just left us hanging in the lurch. Uh, next week on Monday, it's the first mock draft Monday, Breach. Apparently, I'm the junior mock draft analyst, so. 
Uh, I'm on verse, that'll be version 24 of the mock draft for me. That's how I measure my life now. Uh, and what version of mock draft I'm on. So 24 means that we're two thirds of the way there. I think usually I do 34 mock drafts before the draft. Well, is, is that one extra important? Because that's where you officially hit the, if somebody reads one of your mock drafts one hour per day for an entire day, that fills their entire day. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's, that's a big one. Uh, also, we're at the point in the year where a lot of sports are happening. Yes, the NFL just wrapped up, but we still have NBA, college hoops, hockey, golf. That's why we wanted to tell you about the CBS Sports app. And how it's not just the best scoring app for your phone, but it's also where you get breaking news alerts, stories by us, not me, because I don't write anymore, but Brent's a uh, breach for sure, standing schedules, teams, download it, re-download it. It's got that little cloud logo next to it on your phone. And you know we love those five-star ratings. So don't hesitate to drop one for the old app and the Pick 6 Podcast, too, if you don't mind. Tell us why uh, Brinson is your least favorite member of the Pick 6 Podcast. And if you do, tweet a screenshot along with a mailback question for us to use on an upcoming episode. All right, Breach, let's get into it. 2021 offseason preview. Wilson, I I don't want to be the guy that's going to defend you against yourself, but you said you don't write anymore. But then the same breath you said you've done 24 mock drafts. You still write that Brinson is, doesn't write anymore. That's true. I, I, I write once a week. Brinson writes zero times a week. <laughs> Breach writes a lot still. In fact, Breach, you said, what's the, what's the stat you gave us between the Aaron Rodgers engagement story and the Super Bowl live blog? How close was it? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy how many people are interested in Aaron Rodgers being engaged. That is all I'll say about that. Oh, you don't want to get fired. I see where that's going. <laughs> all right. So let's do this. So a year ago, we had the combine. I was there. Brinson wasn't. Um, the players were there. No one's wearing masks because no one really knew exactly where we were in this pandemic. Uh, and everything seemed pretty normal. And then the pandemic starts as free agency opens up. Free agency was sort of weird. Um, then we had the virtual draft, no OTAs, no mini camps. And then we somehow made it through the season. And refresh my memory. No games canceled. A few games moved back. If we're being honest, the Steelers probably got screwed more than any team in the league, and that's why they didn't win the Super Bowl, because they had to reschedule all their games. The Bills actually got caught the short end of the stick and somehow managed to overcome it, so maybe that's not an excuse for the Steelers. Um, so let's start with 2021 breach on what I think by just about any measure was a pretty successful 2020 NFL season. This is your big thing, so I'm glad Diva put it at the top of the rundown. What will the salary cap be? You were yelling and screaming for months. It's going to be 175. I heard last week it might be 185. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't think 185 is crazy. Here is the wild thing. CNBC had a report this week that said the NFL wants to get the new television deal done before they set the salary cap number. So that basically means you have one month from today because that free agency starts, free agency starts March 17th. You have a little over one month to get the deal hammered out. And then that way, you know what kind of revenue you're going to be bringing in through the end of the decade. And then if you know that number, you can pull, say, $5 million or something off future salary caps so that the 2021 salary cap uh, doesn't take a big tumble. And so that I think that's why we started at 175. That was the, the floor. It had to be 175. That was the minimum. It was always going to be at least that number. But as uh, I guess the NFL gets closer to getting this television deal done, that's why we've heard these other numbers leak out. And, you know, if this deal ends up being 10 years, $100 billion, maybe they pull even more from future salary caps. And they say, all right, let's just have a flat cap, which means even from 2020. So the teams aren't being hamstrung trying to put things together. So, yeah, I think 185 is probably the safe number right now. But I wouldn't be shocked if it does get up to like 198, which is what it was 
in 2020, and Wilson is nodding his head, calling me crazy. Yeah, just fear-mongering all through the season about 175. You, teams have to make all these decisions. Players um, should take one-year deals so they can come back and sign bigger deals. I think when has the salary cap ever been an issue in the last five years? It feels like we all worry about the salary cap November through January, and then March comes, and uh, the accounting wizards for each team figure it out. Well, it hasn't been an issue for the past five years because it's gone up. Ten million dollars a year, Wilson. Why do you keep uh, almost? I try to. I try to uh, combine uh, complaining and bellyaching into one word. Why do you keep bellyaching about it? Well, I mean, if you're the Saints and you're a hundred million dollars over the salary cap, that seems like an issue. Uh, and if you're a team that's twenty million dollars over, but all of a sudden the cap's going to go up twenty million dollars, you're not over at all. So you know, there's it, it really impacts the teams that I say right now are like five to ten to $15 million over, because if all of a sudden the cap goes up 5, 10, or 15, uh, then you're not over anymore. So that's a huge help. And according to Over the Cap, there are about six teams that are about $15 million over the cap going into. So that's a huge impact for those six teams. Yeah, but I think to your point that it's not going to be an issue because it always seems to work itself out. So what will be work it out. Yeah, not the Bengals is what you're saying. What (laughs) will be an issue this year and the Bengals like $4 billion under the cap. Uh, the old combine, the combine's not happening. So no one will be there. Two years ago, Breach, you were the last ones there doing, doing hits for HQ in the hallway. Uh, and probably one of the weirdest, like, interactions we've had work, work related. We're like standing there on a Tuesday or whatever it was, like, just talking about the combine with no one else there. But, uh, I would actually kill for that right now. We're not going to be there. No one's going to be there because the, the, the combine's going to be, uh, regional in some sense. It's a lot mostly just collecting height, weight measurements. And then the medicals will be for the players close, close to, to wherever they're actually working out or living. And all the interviews will be zoom related. Uh, your thoughts, you think that's good or bad in terms, cause sometimes, and you know, we see this all the time, teams overthink players. And a lot of times it's that seeing them a person and seeing them run a four, four and see them look shredded. Uh, is that going to alleviate some of that? Is that is this better? Is this worse? What do you think? I think it's better for the players. Look, if you're yeah. sitting in a Zoom interview, I can have someone off screen coaching me, listening in, uh, have, holding up note cards to have answers ready. I mean, <laughs> every player's going to come out polished. Every team's going to be like, this guy was brilliant. He's ready to go. So I, I think from a player's perspective, this is a good thing. From a team's perspective, it makes it more of a wild card. And then also, uh, you know, I, so the only time they're going to see these guys work out is at the school's pro days. And it does seem like, uh, you know, every pro day is not built equally. So at the combine, it's all, and the NFL is running it. So it's, everybody's on the same footing, but uh, it's indoors. You know, you don't have to worry about the weather. Some of these pro days are outdoors. Uh, there's just a lot of things going on where you're not on even footing. So I do think it makes it more difficult for NFL teams to assess the players. Uh, but not, I, I think it's, if you're the player, you get to be in your home stadium and you get to do Zoom interviews where you can get help. So I think it's good for the players. I didn't even think about that. They could write the answers on their hand and look off the screen. <laughs> like, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> have, it, have it on their hat. Like, oh, just a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Scratch my head. Nice call, Breach. I do think it's good in terms of teams not talking themselves into players they don't like, but they fall in love with because they see them in person because they ran fast in a straight line in shorts. I think that is good, but it, it is going to create some challenges. But challenges, it seems like these teams have been dealing with for, for nearly 12 months now. Uh, so things are going to change. We'll see what happens with the pandemic in terms of people getting uh, vaccinated and how close to normal things are by the time training camps and the season rolls around. But things are going to change either way because 
We 17 games. Isn't that right? Is this 17 games go time now? Uh, not yet. It's the NFL is allowed to put it into play. So they, all they have to do is flip the switch and make it happen. But the owners have to agree on what year it's going to happen. And just because I guess, you know, do you want to add a 17th game in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, is the only question I would think. And Roger Goodell was asked about it. He just said, we're trying to get through the Super Bowl. We'll figure that out in the off season. I mean, I would say 95% sure. Yes, it's going to happen, right? But it's not a done deal just yet. It's been approved. It just has to be uh, approved for what season's going to happen. Cause it could happen in 2022 or 2023 if it doesn't happen in 2021, but it here's, should happen in 2021. Here's my thinking. I, I feel like, uh, it seems like according to the old medical experts that we're going to, things will be close to normal by late summer, perhaps something like that. And, if I've learned anything about covering the NFL is that typically NFL owners don't like losing money. So if adding a 17th game on the tail end of a pandemic where things are looking better, uh, means they can make a lot more money. Eh, I'm going to guess they're going to go ahead and do it. Yeah. And especially if you're hammering out the new television deals, you're like, all right, guess what guys, there's an extra game you get that you are going to be paying for. And like you said, the owners, I think the NFL, everybody lost to combine maybe $4 billion was the estimate because of, uh, the low attendance number in 2020. Yeah. And so you want to make up, you want to make that money up. And so the way you do that is, uh, getting that 17th game in there. So we're looking forward here, but before we go to the break, we got to talk about this. What did you think of drunk Tom Brady at the Tampa Bay Super Bowl celebration, uh, parade that happened on Wednesday? I loved it. Look, if Tom Brady <laughs> wants to be out drunk and I mean, I would literally watch At 2 p.m. I would watch, uh, Tom Brady share videos of himself drunk all day if that was an option. And you know what? Here's what I'm going to say to defend Tom Brady. I, I don't think there was a lot of people out there saying, Oh, Tom Brady's a bad role model, but just think about it. Everyone has been locked up in their house for 11 straight months. And the first chance you get to party, you're going to get Tom Brady's Super Bowl parade drunk. Like that's going to enter the national lexicon. If somebody says, <laughs> Hey man, I heard you're going to a bachelor party next month because COVID's over. How drunk are you going to get? You're going to say Tom Brady's Super Bowl parade drunk. I mean, that's just what it's going to turn into. So I am thrilled that Brady did this. I thought the Lombardi trophy throw was like the most insane thing I've ever seen at a parade, but simultaneously the most awesome thing I've ever seen at, at a parade. So I'm fine with everything. I have so much more respect now for Tom Brady for those two things you mentioned that I did before, because look, historically Tom Brady is Derek Jeter. He's Russ Wilson. He's Peyton Manning. He is boring as balls. And I love the fact that he was off script. And I'll be honest, when I first saw the clip of him being helped out by Tampa Bay assistants walking off the boat, I thought either, oh, my God, this guy is so seasick he can't walk or something like he's having a stroke. Like, I didn't think, <laughs> oh, it's 2 p.m. and he, he can't see because he had 27 beers, which made me like him even more. He was stumbling around. It was fantastic. Ryan, you might be yeah. one of the only people that thought, like, I, I consumed a lot of Twitter yesterday with reactions to that. I don't think anyone thought anything other than drunk, right, Breach? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it was literally 99.9999999% people thought he was drunk, and the point zero 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 one was literally just Wilson. Just me. But uh, here, here's the thing. You don't want to be the guy that, well, Brinson does, and, and Breach actually had a field day tweeting about this too. But I'm, I, my first thought always is, okay, if this guy's having a stroke, I'm not going to tweet a drunk joke and then find out that he died two hours later in a hospital. So I wanted to double check. And, and I mean, the best part was, and, and I tweeted this, but like this thing went full weekend at Bernie's where Brady <laughs> had like people propping him up to like make sure he looked somewhat functional. Uh, and let me just say, if you're partying hard and you lived through it and you went full weekend at Bernie's, that's a good day. So 
Yeah, for Tom just, Brady. just don't get in the car and drive home, but knock yourself out on the boat. I, I do want to hear the story, the behind the scenes story on the, the Tampa Bay guy who had to drag him out of there to keep him from falling down. Cause that guy was tall. He must have been like six three, six four. Cause he was the same height as Brady. But I want to know like, uh, how his day went at TikTok from, from like 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. when he had to, had to take Brady to wherever. Cause Brady tweeted a short time later about it's all good avocado ice cream or something, didn't he? Yeah. Something. He, and then he, he purposely, uh, he, he, no, he tweeted they took avocado tequila shots, which, oh, that's and spelled half the words wrong. So, uh, you know, like he knew he he pays, he has his social media guys on. Like Tom, you're trending on Twitter. Uh, you got five hundred thousand likes on your last tweet. We got to send something else out. How about avocado tequila? Let's let's go with that. And you know, like next week, one hundred percent chance Brady introduces avocado tequila. Right. I argued yeah. with Brinson. I legitimately don't think that was more than three and a half drinks that Tom had just because of his history, his lack of drinking, his diet, everything combined. Brinson argued, you know, he's pushing double digits there. I don't know. I think it's a low amount to get Tom Brady to that level. All right. So let's say he's, I agree. Drink, let's say he's drinking. Uh, let's say he's taking, he probably wasn't drinking beer. Let's say he's taking shots of tequila or whatever. I'll put the over under at five and a half that he had over the course of three or four hours. For sh- I'll say under five. I feel like he was like at four or five. I think he probably had avocado toast for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> didn't think it through. It was like, this will get me through the day. Alex Guerrero said, I'll be fine. All of a sudden, you're like three tequila shots in, one white claw, and you're blitzed. You're gone. You're out. <laughs> Actually, that, that, I could see that. He weighs 230 or 220, though. I mean, that's a lot. But I, I don't, I don't feel like he drinks often. Yeah. No, that's right. You don't, you, you can't be that age and. Um, but I will say the underrated storyline for me, we're talking about him stumbling around that, that Super Bowl trophy throw, the Lombardi trophy throw was awesome on every level. Part of me wanted it to like come up short, hit the boat, knock a hole in the boat and sink the boat. Cause that would have been funny too. But Cameron Brait, who caught it said it was the best catch of his life. And it was like, I don't care if the, if the, if the trophy goes underwater, like I don't give a crap about that. I don't think at the end of the day it matters, but it, it, it made for some great drama and it was a fantastic catch and a pretty good throw on the boat. Those boats must have been. 20 feet apart? Yeah, they were pretty far apart. And here's the thing. Like, when I first saw the clip of it, I was like, is he and, – and my favorite part of the clip, first of all, is that his daughter is sitting down, like, totally aghast. She is like, Dad, are you really doing this? She was in total shock. If you see – I clip, didn't see it, her. How old was she, do you know? Was she, uh, like, a teenager or something? No, nah, she's, like, seven. Oh, okay, okay. She's Go definitely ahead. younger. Um, But she was on the boat just, like, in shock. And so here is what – blew my mind is that when you're thinking about throwing a Lombardi trophy, uh, there's a few results that can happen and most of them are not good. <laughs> so, you know, like you just said, one, it ends up in the water. I think Florio wrote that that water's 80 feet deep. So you're not getting that trophy back. Someone, some it, idiots if, going down there. And getting someone's it. going in. They might drown because they're all drunk. So that's a negative. Uh, number two, <laughs> if someone does try and catch it, that thing would crack their head open. You know, like that could kill someone. Tom Brady kills someone with the Lombardi trophy would end up being like the ultimate NFL headline what, of all times. What if it's a short throw? Gronk tries to dive and save it, falls in the water, gets run over by the boat. I mean, <laughs> like that, that, <laughs> that could happen. So the fact that it turned out so perfectly is really rather amazing. It could have been a disaster. How much the, do you think the Lombardi trophy weighs? Uh, let's see. Like, it can't. It's 10, 10 pounds. I think I read somewhere that it was seven pounds. I'm gonna. Okay. I'll, it's it's seven pounds. 
Okay. I, I assumed e- even more than that. It just looks more like I know, I know the Stanley Cup is the heaviest trophy and it's not nearly the size of that, but like seven seemed a little lighter than I thought. Well, imagine, think about trying to throw a, a 10 pound like barbell 20 that, feet that's to true. someone. I mean, I, I would, I wouldn't do that. Well, that's the thing. It's the weird shape of it. You know, like you're not catching a football. You've got the whole base you're trying to catch. I mean, uh, that's yeah. you know, some Good avocado. Break. The Stanley, break should... Stanley Cup is 35 pounds. So no one's tossing Ooh. that. We're never, the lightning did the same boat parade. We're not seeing that. <laughs> that yeah, that, that was hilarious. awesome. All right. I mean, that's the most Tom Brady thing ever. It all comes off perfectly, even though, like, the chances. He's the and, guy. And he's the only guy that could have gotten away with that, right? That's like, right. No one else is even daring throwing the Lombardi trophy off a boat. Blaine Gabbert. They're throwing Blaine Gabbert <laughs> off the boat if he comes with that idea. Like, Tom Brady's the guy, if the pilot has a heart attack on the on the 747, that he, he lands the plane, like, while checking his text message. Like, he's that guy. That's how good Tom Brady is. So, congratulations, Tom Brady. Congratulations on getting drunk for the first time. It's good to see you have your first beer. Let's take a break, Breach, and we'll come back and talk about uh, some things going on as you look forward. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Breach. Tom Brady, best ever. We all agree. Goat for many reasons. Let's talk about some uh, guys who are maybe goats in the other direction. I only said that so I can make the Carson Wentz joke. Let's start with Carson Wentz. Uh, is he going to the Colts or Bears? Is he staying put? What's going on with Carson Wentz? I think the Colts are the only team that makes sense because if you go to Chicago, like John DeFilippo's there, I get that. So you have, he was the quarterback coach for the Eagles in 2016 and 2017. So you're familiar with him and that's good. You want to go somewhere. Uh, it just feels like Carson Wentz has a low confidence level right now. So you want to be somewhere where the coach already knows your talent. Uh, and I, I think that would make him the most comfortable. So that's why the Bears make sense. That's why the Colts make sense with Frank Wright. But if you go to Chicago, They've made it pretty clear there, the, the front office, that everyone is on the hot seat. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, if they don't win in 2021, they, everyone might get fired. So if well, you're Carson ask, Wentz and you go there, you this, and, yeah. So knowing that, and those guys are on the hot seat, and we all agree they probably should be, why would you bring in a guy who just got his coach fired and just sort of wormed his way out of a job because he got benched for playing terribly? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. So you're you're taking a huge risk. It's probably John Dave Filippo sitting in a room saying, "We got to do this. Let's trade for Wentz. We don't worry. He won't go two and fourteen, and we won't all lose our jobs. <laughs> uh, I promise." Jeez. But then you know what? He's like, "Well, I'm going to lose my job anyway if this guy isn't good." So uh, you know, I don't know why you would, but there aren't that many quarterbacks. You know, you have to pick a quarterback you can take that you can afford the compensation and a trade. And so you know, Carson Wentz is probably. When you're talking about a guy like Deshaun Watson or even Russell Wilson, like Carson Wentz becomes the affordable guy. 
And so maybe you try to go after him. But I think the Colts is just the, too logical for this because Frank Reich knows exactly what Wentz can do. Wentz will actually have weapons and offensive line, things he didn't have in Philadelphia. And, you know, if he can't succeed in Indianapolis, he's not his career's over. You know, like, I, but I, I am still going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he just has not had a great team around him the last two years. We can put half the blame on him, half the blame, blame on the team out there. Uh, but I think the Colts make the most sense. So one of the talking points has been that the Eagles are looking for a similar to Matthew Stafford slash Jared Goff compensation, which would be two first-round picks and a third-round pick for Jared Goff. And if you just sort of cancel out the first-round pick for Jared Goff, it's basically the other first-round pick and a third-rounder for Carson Wentz. I would not do that. I would get a second-round pick and maybe a player for Carson Wentz. Where are you at on that? Uh, if I'm picking in the low twenties, I would consider giving up a first round pick and the bears are, which that makes it interesting. And so are the Colts. So, mm. uh, but I'm not giving up much more. I mean, if you're talking about what if Wentz gets the Colts AFC title game or even the Super Bowl and all you had to give up was a first round pick. I mean, what, what makes you think that's going to happen? But what makes you think, what would he have to do for the trade to bomb? Like go six and 10, if they go nine and seven or 10 and six with Wentz, it's still not a horrible trade. Like what? Are you, the Colts? What? You're the draft guy. What's the Colts? What, what are the Colts going to target with that first round pick? Uh, they get a cornerback. I mean, they they are looking for a quarterback, obviously. Defensive help. Um, they need offensive tackle because Cassandra. So, would retired. you rather draft a crapshoot quarterback or use your first round pick on a quarterback who's already had a M- one almost MVP season? Well, clearly the answer to that is is. Carson Wentz, but I also would rather kick the tires on someone like Derek Carr. Like, see what the, I mean, he's going to cost more than Carson Wentz. So there are other options to, to consider. I mean, I don't know. I just don't, Debo, where, where are you at in Carson Wentz? What's he going to, where's he going to be next year? Do you want him in Philly? And what, li, seriously, what are your expectations for how he's going to play where we end up? All good questions. I think Breach and I are surprised that there hasn't been an emergency podcast at this point when we were doing our Sunday live stream. Breach predicted Tuesday we would have one. I said today would be the day. Today isn't Thursday before you guys are listening to this. So who knows? Maybe something is already in the feed. I think we're probably past the point of, of no return with Carson Wentz and kind of his relationship with the organization. So I do see him moving on. I do think he can be successful. So I think the Colts are the best spot for that. I think the Broncos are an interesting one. Now, I don't know how realistic or logical it is, but that's a situation where he does have some weapons with the receivers and a building offensive line. It is someone, as as Brinson mentioned, Benson, whatever we want to call him. I don't reference that guy anymore. He skipped out on us. But on a previous show... Um, said he seems like a John Elway type of, of risk that John Elway would take. So the Broncos are an interesting one to me. I do not expect to get a Matt Stafford type of deal. I don't think the Eagles expect to get that, but we were even talking to get one first rounder. That, that was the conversation we were having in early January w- would be a win. So I do think that is a win. And I do think it is something that the Eagles should target to get a first rounder for Carson Wentz. For the billionth time, he, he's not as bad as he was in 2020. I don't think he's as good as he, as we saw in, in 2017, but I think he could be a very good quarterback with a situation around him, get him to the places that, that Breach was talking about. Hey, Breach, if you're the Saints, and Diva mentioned them as a possible landing spot for some of these quarterbacks, would you rather trade a first round pick for Carson Wentz or re-sign Jameis to whatever he's going to make, 15, 20 million dollars a year? Uh, if I'm going to, go higher risk at quarterback i'll just keep the guy i already know i'll keep james Wentz instead of trying to teach carson wentz my system trying to get him uh situated there i'll just i'll take a flyer on james for a year and, and maybe he'll be good in champagne system and if he's not then you worry about 
uh, you got a year to clear up all your salary cap problems. And then you, you know, you throw away 2021 and start working to be good in 2022. So I keep Jameis. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at too. I'd be interested with, with Carson Wentz paired up with Sean Payton. Breach's points make a lot of sense, but man, I'd, I'd love to see a, a situation like that. I'm, I'm going to be again in the minority, but I will root for him, whatever team he ends up on. So I'd like him to end up in a nice situation so I can have some validation. So Debo, how much doesn't sound like very much. Are you concerned about the reports that he basically got Doug Peterson fired, that he was pretty much a butthole in the locker room and sort of worked his way out of town? It's weird. It's 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 really weird. Like I'm I'm not. I know I come on here and and I defend him and and I I really can't any, anymore. But I don't think he's a bad person. I I understand the the bad teammate thing and and not relating to him. That makes a lot of sense to me. But it's it's still hard for me to wrap my head around it and fathom that he's just this like malicious type guy in the locker room and like getting people fired and and traded and cut. I. I still can't believe that for whatever reason. Maybe I'm naive, but I don't you know. You know what? I don't think he's malicious either. I, I think there is a, an important distinction that he is not uh, a jerk in the sense that he's out there trying to ruin people's lives. I think he's just very competitive, and he's super frustrated that he got benched and was playing terribly and was maybe looking for passive-aggressive ways to to sort of play that out. And part of that was blaming Doug Peterson or whatever the reports were. Jeff McClain wrote about it. Uh, in the Philadelphia paper, and, and maybe that was complaint to ownership or whatever. But I don't think he's like vindictive or, or uh, just like, he wakes up in the morning seeing how he can ruin people's lives. I think he's probably a decent dude. I just think he's competitive and, and frustrated more than anything else. Yeah, but you don't necessarily have to be a jerk or vindictive to right. like be pouty and get your way. Like yeah. if you're if you're dating someone and, and you're kind of like <laughs> over them, and it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, all of a sudden you just like you know I'm gonna stop calling them and texting them. I'm not gonna tell them I don't want to date anymore. I'm just gonna like. I'm going to be passive aggressive about it and they're going to know. And that's kind of feels like what happens there where Carson Wentz, there was nothing that he explicitly did, but maybe by his actions, it was like, all right, this isn't going to work out between uh, Carson and Doug. Right. He wasn't sitting on the bench firing potato guns at Doug Peterson the back of his head while he's sitting on the bench. He was, <laughs> yeah. you know, he was, he had plans. With that being the case, and we'll save some of this for the inevitable emergency pod, <laughs> I'm going to be end up being very wrong because there's no scenario that I could have imagined where both of them would have been gone this offseason. Right? I'm talking about Doug and Carson. I, I one was one was believable, even though I, I didn't necessarily totally believe that. We're at the point where both are gonna be gone and and you know, Nick Sirianni's hired. I'm like, okay, Carson Wentz obviously is the week one start at this point that that's the connection you make with Frank Reich and Jeffrey Lurie buying back in and, and all this. And now both are going to be gone. So I'm, I'm pretty lost with this organization right now. Yeah. They feel rudderless right now, but if they start three and one, they'll be fine. And that's the other thing. People think that the, the organization's in chaos. Yeah. People said the same thing about the Steelers at the end of the season. And if they start three and one, it'd be like, okay, they're going to win 10 games with Roethlisberger to lose in the playoffs. I just think we have to sort of wait and see. Okay. Although it is crazy to think that a year ago, if someone said, Hey, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz aren't going to be in the team in a year. What do you think about that? You'd be like, well, you're clearly insane. Even crazier when they trade up for Justin Fields and he's your week one starter. <laughs> uh, let's get as many J uh, Jalen Hurts on the roster as possible and see what happens. We'll we'll save that for like the mock draft uh, in in mid March or something. Yep, Crazy. mock draft Monday in March. That one's in the books. All right, Breach. What about Deshaun Watson? He's the guy that we've been talking about forever since the end of the season, and it seems like things are continuing to get worse and worse 
for the Texans. They've cleaned out a bunch of people, like the strength coach who was in the, in the um, locker room manager who was close to Deshaun. They've been let go. I think just this week the president resigned, and there are reports that he wanted to resign as soon as Casario was hired, but they wanted him to stay on to make it not look uh, like there was uh, – tumult in the in the in the organization texans fans are irate and beside themselves deshaun watson appears to be the same way is there any way that deshaun watson is on the texans september whatever week one is uh the whole organization's a disaster so i'm gonna say no he does not want to stick around that disaster uh i you know i don't know where he goes though because it's just so I don't think the Texans are going to give him away. No matter how bad things get, they're not just going to be like, okay, fine, we'll take one first-round pick for Deshaun Watson, bye. Like, I think they're going to play hardball. Let me stop you. I think there are 15 teams that would give up three first-round picks in in a player, though. Yeah, in that case, then he's definitely getting traded. (laughs) Okay, well, then he's getting traded. I mean, do you agree or disagree with my 15 over-under? I don't know if there's three first-round picks. And a player. I just don't know how many – because a lot of general managers don't like to overthink it, and they're like, I don't want to mortgage the franchise for a guy who might come here and pull the same thing if he doesn't like our front office. Maybe he'll be unhappy here uh, after a year or two. And so I do think a couple general – but, you know, the smart thing is if you can get your hands on a franchise quarterback, you have to do it. And so, uh, you know, I know we mentioned the Dolphins at some point this offseason. I feel like that makes the most sense because they don't have to – you know, they have two first-round picks this year. And if you give up both of those for Deshaun Watson, that's not bad. That's a, a great trade. And you give up Tua, uh, I, I think the Dolphins make sense, but maybe the Texans don't want to trade him to an AFC team because they don't want to be dealing with him all that often. So, uh, man, I, I do think he gets traded, though. I think he gets traded. I think the Texans have uh, less leverage with Deshaun than they would with any other player. And I think they can't wait around. That's the other issue. The clock's ticking because you can't do it in uh, July – because then you're you're just screwing yourself. You don't know what your plans are at quarterback, and the whole thing is such a clown show. Starting with the owner Cal McNair, sticking by Jack Easterby, the former um, Patriots executive who came over. And as you read the reports, I don't know the man. I don't know the inner workings of the organization, but it sort of sounds like uh, he's doing things that make a lot of people unhappy. But so it sucks for Texans fans. It sucks for Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Where do you think he ends up? I mean, he makes the most sense. But they, Chris Greer, the GM, said they're in on Tua, but. I think you say that as just in case things, thing, just in case you're stuck with Tua. Like the Jets make some sense, but the like the and JLC's talked about this. Like the ownership is is such a is such a chaotic situation with the Jets ownership that is that a place you want to be? I think he goes to the Steelers, Big Ben for Deshaun straight up, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> where else? What about this? What about a Deshaun for Russ Wilson trade? Because Russ Wilson's Ooh. been in the, in the uh, news recently. JLC wrote about him. Um, not being happy in, in Seattle. He's basically said on the Dan Patrick show that he didn't like getting hit a ton, um, which, you know, it, it, it talks to the, the issues of the offensive line. Um, and it's weird because we were talking about sort of Russ Wilson, Derek Jeter, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady never saying anything. This is the first time that Russ Wilson's actually said something that you'll go, oh, those aren't just words that don't mean anything. He actually is sounds angry about this and perhaps wants out. Because, I mean, the first half of the season, Russ Wilson was top three MVP. The second half he was of the season, cooking. He was in cooking. The, kitchen. the second half of the season, he was a man that ran for his life for two straight months. So, Russ Wilson for Deshaun Watson, and, and then what are your thoughts on Russ overall? Would you trade? Would the Texans do that only because Russell Wilson's 32 and Deshaun Watson's 25? And 
I, I think Russell Wilson also has a no trade clause. And like, do you think Ooh. Russell Wilson wants to go to Houston? Like, I feel like there's a 0% chance he wants to go to Houston. Okay. That would be a crazy trip. Like that would turn the NFL upside down. A Deshaun Watson for Russell Wilson straight up. I mean, Russell Wilson's never had a losing record. Oh, you know what? We'll send you to Houston. Why don't you see if you can continue that streak <laughs> there, Russ? Um, and this is another one where I, I don't think this, the Seahawks would want to send him to an, NFC teams, they don't want to worry about seeing him all the time. And the, the reason this fascinates me is like you said, Russell's been a robot most of his career. He never complains, but this is, he's reached, he's past Aaron Rodgers level. You know, like Aaron Rodgers for the past few weeks making those passive aggressive comments, <laughs> but he doesn't directly say what he's complaining about. Russell Wilson's like, uh, screw that. I'm just going to say it and uh, we're going to see what happens. There's been reports that the Seahawks front office isn't happy, uh, which understandably we knew that was coming. So now you just have a rift. And so, how do you fix that? Because if you draft someone and that draft doesn't work out, you know, because Russell Wilson didn't okay him, you're not giving him any personnel power. That's just going to upset him more and create a bigger rift. So this does feel like a marriage that could be ending soon. And I think, I feel like he'll be shipped off to the AFC if he is traded. It is crazy to think that, I mean, there was talk in January, once the regular season ended, that we could have 18 quarterbacks uh, in new places. And no one at any point thought, Russ Wilson would be part of that conversation. Yeah, yeah, here we are. So let me ask you this. What do you think of, uh, what if the Jets traded the second overall pick and Sam Darnold and another first round pick? Is is that, that's a lot. And here's the thing. No, wait, wait. Don't, don't the Jets have the Seahawks pick this year? Yeah. The The Jets have two first round picks, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jets give up number two, 23, Sam Darnold. And first round pick next year. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I think you do that if you're Seattle and you, cause reports, someone, uh, PFT said there was a report that, that Seattle wasn't happy with Russ either. I don't know what that means, but if they're, you know, about to break up as you like to use as a, an analogy, then that's a lot to get in, in exchange. Like the Sam Darnold, I think is a throwaway at this point. I don't, if he ain't good behind the Jets O line, he's going to suck behind the Seahawks O line. But Russ, you know, his wife is Sierra. She's a, she's a, uh, she's a singer and she's, successful and all that so she might want to go to a big market as well so yeah that's a lot i mean that's a deshaun watson type haul i'd rather give that up for deshaun watson but if deshaun watson is elsewhere if he's in seattle for example then then maybe you don't so uh another quarterback he's gonna be a free agent i think unless something happens um he is your pick i saw on cbs sports hq Uh oh i know where we're going to win the mvp in 2021 also plays for the team that you picked to win the Super Bowl in 2020. They just missed out, apparently. Uh, Dak Prescott. What's going to happen with old, uh, what's that? What's Dak's real name? What's that stand for? Let me, let me clarify that he is my oh, sleeper pick to win. I was asked well, for a sleeper pick and then an actual pick. Rain Dakota Prescott. That's his real name. Let me clarify that picking Dak Prescott to win MVP is not a bad choice, especially juxtaposed against someone picking the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl in 2020. And, and just so you know, they asked me for my sleeper Super Bowl pick. I did not pick the Cowboys. <laughs> I pushed them off the table. I'm no longer associated with the Cowboys unless they resign Andy Dalton. Then we'll see. I don't know. Um, man, where I, I mean, the Cowboys are going to tag him. That's what's going to happen here. They're going to hit him with the franchise tag. And then, you know, if a team's crazy enough to try and pull off some sort of sign and trade, I don't know, but. That situation is going to be Dak getting the franchise tag, and then where do you go from there? How do you feel about the Cowboys hype video for the offseason, not including Dak Prescott? 
I mean, that's an interesting omission. I don't know that how you're the hype video person and you forget to leave off the team's quarterback, you know? Like, how do you think Brinson would feel if we made a pick six hype video and we left off Brinson? Oh, uh, he'd be making it rain in his $80,000. He wouldn't care. Oh my God. No, he would, he would <laughs> call up the person who made the hype video and leave, uh, Alec Baldwin ask voicemail. It'd be a disaster. Okay, so Dak's coming back. Uh, I, I agree. He's going to be franchise tagged. Uh, we'll, we'll get out on this. Where is this team? I feel like they're going to, they're, let's see, it's them, the Giants, the football team, uh, and the Eagles, Debo's Eagles. I feel like the Cowboys are probably the front runners in that division as we sit here, not knowing anything in early February. Where are you? I think I look at it like this as the guy who picked the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. If you would have told Cowboys fans before the 2020 season that they were going to lose Dak Prescott in week five and still have a chance to win the division title in week 17, they wouldn't believe that. Like what? No, there's no way that's possible. And so, you know, they sucked at times. They were okay at times. Um, but nobody in the NFC East is that great. So I feel like it's Dallas. I, I don't know. The NFC East is just a, a crapshoot at this point. Maybe the Cowboys are a slight favorite, but it's like 26% to 25 to 24 to 23. Well, good math. You did it quickly. Good job. All right. Practice. Yeah, I, I think that if all the divisions, that one is probably the most wide open in the worst possible way. Like the, the NFC West is wide open, but in a good way. The NFC East is like, okay. Like Washington just won it, and we don't know what the Eagles quarterback situation is going to be. And the Giants actually looked good uh, towards the end of the season. It looks like Daniel Jones is a little bit better. Yeah. But you don't have to be great. You know, like nine and seven could win the eight and eight could win the division next year. Seven and nine might win it again. Do you guys pay Brinson yet? For the pay NFC, for what? For the NFC East bet, wasn't? Oh, God. Let's God. let's agree not to pay him based on his uh, lack of appearance today. I done. <laughs> he, we're charging him twenty bucks each for for his no show appearance. Yep. By the way, I would I would pay twenty bucks a lot to not have him show up on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just something to keep in mind, and I would be—I would imagine he would stay away for sixty bucks, sixty bucks a day. He's got money to blow now. <laughs> I know that, that adds up. That, that'd be three hundred dollars a week to keep him white, Wilson. Daddy war bucks. We did uh, four hundred six podcasts last year. How many do do that math? Sixty that's per show. Sixty bucks. It's like it's like twenty four grand over yeah. twenty four grand. I'd, I'd pay that. Wilson's nice. writing over, signing his paycheck directly over to Brinson, All so that they it. never have to co-host together. All twenty four thousand dollars of it. <laughs> All right, that's it for the old uh, podcast. Breach, come back Monday. You can listen Monday. You're not going to come back just because uh, you're you're the junior junior draft analyst. I don't deal with the mock draft stuff until March. March, oh yeah, Mark Draft. Mock Draft Monday's coming up Monday, so check that out. Thanks for listening, everybody. And who knows, maybe Brinson will be back and uh, feel like doing his job then. Until then, see ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.